Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of The Last Man Standing, our wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and we're going to jump straight into this. So I was super excited to see how Raw would go this week, being that over the weekend, Roman Reigns acknowledged he is a SmackDown superstar, but would be on Raw this week for some unfinished business. I meant to say business, but you know what? I'm not going to edit that out. That's fine. (laughs) Only to have WWE tweet back and basically respond with, No, you won't. You're SmackDown. You stay in there. His response to them, Okay, whatever. Just have my music ready. We'll see how it goes. So, with that, let's get into Raw. They started this week with Vince McMahon promising that it will be one of for the ages. One that no one will forget. But before you can get into why no one's going to forget it, Reigns music hits. He couldn't comes out to confront Vince over the broken promise of them not being the authority anymore, but the universe is. Yet, his spoiled little brat children have done whatever they wanted each week. But Roman was done taking orders from Mr. McMahon, but will be taking his orders from the universe instead, is what he said. So, Vince starts to say how that won't happen, but before getting too far into that, Daniel Bryan comes out, and before he could get too much, said... Out came WWE Champion Kofi Kingston. With this, Vince came up with the idea, allegedly on the spot, to introduce the wild card rule, which would allow three superstars from each given brand to show up on the opposing show. So, like, three superstars from Raw can randomly appear on SmackDown, and three superstars from SmackDown can randomly show up on Raw. Drew McIntyre comes out to address the invasion, and more specifically Reigns. He wants a fight and wants it with Reigns. Uh, He doesn't like the way that that Mania went down and thinks he he deserves a second shot at it. So Vince announces two WrestleMania rematches for the night, Reigns vs. McIntyre and Kingston vs. Bryan. As everyone leaves getting ready for their respective matches, AJ Styles comes out to confront Vince about his new wildcard rule and how now that he is here and has a shot at the Universal Championship and Seth's friend gets to come over to help him out. Seth comes out to address AJ Styles and his sucker punch. As things start to get out of hand, Vince has another great idea for AJ and Seth versus Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. Now, by all looks, it didn't appear that Styles and Rollins had a snowball's chance in hell of working together, but they started out pretty well, I'd say, due in fact to wanting to show the other up. Corbin and Lashley dominate most of the match, though. Seth and AJ begin working well together. And it lasted until what initially looked like an accidental phenomenal forearm. And with that, he makes his exit, leaving Seth on his own. Baron hits end of days on Seth for the three count, gaining the victory for his team. Out next is Sami Zayn, continuing to call us all miserable and that we refuse to fix ourselves, so we just complain about wrestling and how we feel about everything but for once someone has had enough of it and out came Braun Strowman. Zayn decides that discretion is the better part of Valor retreating through the crowd but Strowman wants no part of that and gives chase running him right out of the arena and I have to say for as big a guy as Strowman is he's freaking hella fast. Uh, He finally catches him and throws him into a dumpster asking him who's the coward now? As he starts to walk away, a dump truck starts backing up to the dumpster. He looks at it a few times, deciding whether or not he's going to let Sammy out, and then he just walks away. So that was pretty funny, I thought. Uh, it it could have been better. There, there was definitely some humor in it, but I don't know. I don't really know what they were going for if they were looking for something serious or humor. I would think humor because of the way that they 
that he was like, who's the coward now? And the way they were chasing all over the arena, but that's just me. Uh, next, we got a six-man tag match. The Lucha House Party taking on some enhancement talent, allowing the Luchadors to demonstrate their high-flying Luchador abilities for the win. Uh, this was a quick match, but it it was good. Uh, again, it gave them a chance to show off their abilities without having to face the likes of people like the Viking Experience or the Viking Raiders. I forget what they're called now. I think they're the Viking Raiders. I think that's what they, they stuck with. I'm pretty sure. Or, or that's what I'm going to call them. That's what my notes has them as, I think, later on. We'll find out. We'll get there. I don't I don't jump ahead. Out next, we got Ricochet to take on Robert Roode for Ricochet's Money in the Bank spot. This came about because Roode petitioned for his spot due to having recently beat Ricochet and didn't feel that it was fair that Ricochet got the got the um, the chance for the Money in the Bank, which, you know, if... If the sport, if we're gonna let's let's play devil's advocate and say this is real, which we all know it's not, but let's say it is, it's understandable to say, hey, I just beat this guy, he shouldn't be getting opportunities, I should. So, but that's besides the point at hand. Let's let's get back to it. Uh, some good back and forth between the two, Ricochet using his high-paced offense and Rude using his newly anointed more aggressive style. In the end, though, we see Ricochet retain his spot with the 630. The next segment we got was Lacey Evans, who invited Dana Brooke, Natalia, Naomi, and Alexa Bliss to watch her quickly finish off some local talent with a women's right. She proceeds to talk down to the Raw competitors for the Money in the Bank match when out come Lynch, and they continue where they left off last week before Lacey decides to retreat and just walks up the ramp walking away. But Anyways, so it appeared they have settled on the Viking Raiders. So, ha, I was wrong initially, but then I corrected myself, so I was right the second time. (laughs) Who will be taking on the Raw Tag Team Champs, Hawkins and Ryder. Hawkins and Ryder start out using their speed to control the initial onslaught, looking very strong in this at the beginning. But that only lasted so long before the Raiders just started using their impressive combo of power and speed. And if you guys haven't seen these guys either in NXT, uh, their indie debuts and all that, or if since they've come up to the main roster, they for for big guys they're pretty fast. Um, they get the win after a move named the Viking Experience. It looks basically like um, they pop him up and catch him into like a power slam. I guess is the easiest way to describe it. It's a it's an it's an interesting double team move. I feel like they could do better for for the two of them both being being as agile and as fast as they are. And as strong as they are, so I don't know. We'll see if they come up with something better. Uh, we get SmackDown's Roman Reigns and Raw's Drew McIntyre out next for one of the two WrestleMania rematches. This was a decent match with both sides getting a chance to showcase their talents as powerhouses. Right as the match was winding to a close, though, with a spear to McIntyre, Shane and Elias come out to attack Roman. Miz runs off Shane, leaving Elias and McIntyre to finish off Reigns. Elias picks him up, and McIntyre delivers a Claymore kick. And that pretty much sums that up for them. We get the continued embarrassment next of the revival by the Usos, having replaced some of the revivals care products with uh, what they called Usi Hot, which basically was Icy Hot. Uh, they appeared uh, appeared to be something that they put in their groinal region, and I don't know. It, it was funny, but like, again, again, for what I've said in the past, I feel like they are misusing their tag team talent, and 
with the talents of the likes of the Revival, and they're trying to keep these guys so that they don't go to go to AEW. They're gonna have to find something. I there there's been a lot of people who just aren't resigning, and not necessarily because of the money's not there. Um, there was rumors that. Well, not rumors. Rhino just came out and said it. But Rhino said that they were willing to pay him a lot of money to just basically sit at home. But he didn't want that. He he wants to be out there and helping new talent. And I feel like that's going to be the same thing with a lot of the other talent. Even though, like, the revival won't be, won't be people helping new talent. They'll be out there still making their name because of how young they are. But there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to move on if they keep treating people like this. Uh, but anyways... Let's move on to the next match. We got No Way Jose is out to take on Lars Sullivan. Uh, so apparently the wild card rule is, that was supposed to be just three people didn't last that long because we have Roman, Kofi, Daniel, Elias. That's four there. And then Lars, five. So I guess everybody's just doing whatever they want. Uh, don't get me wrong. To do a small crossover of superstars the way the rule had suggested seems like a decent idea, allowing for a mix-up of, of the matches and whatnot. If the rule is just going to allow whoever to go wherever, I fear it will lead to more talent not being utilized to their fullest of their abilities. Um, again, it comes down to what happened a lot when they had just one big roster. People weren't getting utilized um, and so it didn't give any of the undercard a chance to really go out and perform and make a name for themselves. Sure, they still get paid, but they, they aren't getting it to do what they love. And they're having to be away from family still all those days, basically for little to no payoff. They have no cha- upward mobility. So why not go to somewhere else like AEW? Um, I'm hoping that WWE realizes this and tries to grow and expand their actual business. Uh, but that's just, just my opinion again. Um, this match didn't la- even get started, by the way. Lars just demolished the conga line and then Jose. Uh, the main event of the night sees Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. This was a good match, but I didn't feel it was as exciting as their initial match at Mania. I think this is due in part to there having to be commercial breaks for this match, requiring a pace to slow for the time and then needed a chance to work back up because you can't just go... Oh, we're back from commercial break. Immediately speed up. Oh, commercial break. Immediately dead. Uh, that that wouldn't play well for the for the fans that were live in attendance. Uh, but again, who knows? Maybe maybe it was because it it didn't have the buildup of being able to see Kofi win his first title. I don't I don't know. I think it was due to commercials. That's what I'm gonna blame it on. Um, but that's just my opinion. The match concludes with Trouble in Paradise out of nowhere and Kingston retains. So that that was raw. It was all in all. It was all right. Um, it started off really, really fast uh, and really exciting, which kind of drained, I feel like. Um, and it just slowly just teetered off. Uh, they, sh- they should have found a way to to spread it throughout. Instead of introducing, maybe instead of introducing all of the, all of the SmackDown superstars at once, kind of like pulling them in here and there. But I don't make those calls and who knows, my ideas might not work either, but we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I hope it doesn't turn out like I thought, like I'm afraid it's going to, I shouldn't say like, I think it's going to, but what I'm afraid it's going to turn out to be. Uh, but anyways, let's jump into SmackDown. Due to the events of Raw, I was pretty excited to see what Raw superstars would be coming over for SmackDown. But 
like I said, let's get into it. We start out with the phenomenal AJ Styles, who receives a very warm welcome back from the fans, discussing how the wild card rule allows him to come home to the house that AJ Styles had built. Then out came Sami Zayn, who decides to verbally attack Styles and his toxic ego. Out to address both of the invaders were our boys from the New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, wondering what they're doing on SmackDown. You know, uh, obviously we know why AJ's there, a huge name. Plus, if somebody's going to come over to his show, he's going to go go attack right back. That's just his character. But as they get into it, Kofi says he'd defend against either of them. Not necessarily saying he wanted a triple threat match, but would defend against either of them. Next, we got a pre-recorded segment from Kevin Owens stating that he was taking the day off for his birthday, so Kofi should take advantage of it and feel lucky that he was taking that day off. So the first match of the night, we got to see Ali versus Andrade. It started out looking like Ali was going to be given a chance to start strong, but that changed quickly in favor of Andrade. As soon as it started to go in favor of Ali again, though, Orton came out attacking them both, delivering rather impressive RKO counters to both of them. Um, it looked like they were both going to step up and stop Randy's invasion of their match, but then just catching them out of nowhere to hit RKOs. They, they were fun to watch. If you have a chance, you should go back and check them out. But anyways, out next was Shane McMahon, says that he is out to discuss the currently vacant tag team titles but first wants to discuss how deplorable the Miz's actions were last night using a chair to attack him uh this is important it comes in play later so remember that shane introduces the team that he feels is worthy for the titles as daniel bryan and eric rowan or is it just rowan now um never really been quite sure since he came back from injury the first time when it was what were they called the bludgeon brothers was what they were called they didn't i'm not sure it's the same with Luke Harper. Is it Luke Harper or is it just Harper? Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Let me know. But before they can get too comfortable, out come the Usos to interject, stating that they feel like they deserve a shot at it, even though they're raw superstars, which leads to a match between the two teams. All in all, this was a good match, allowing Brian and Rowan to be perceived as a legitimate tag team with a good showing against an amazing team like the Usos. The only thing that bothered me was that they could have used a SmackDown team for this. I I didn't really see the point in it because I don't feel like any of us actually thought they were going to give the SmackDown titles to a Raw team, even as good of one as the Usos. But regardless, it was a good match and a good opportunity to up the stock of Brian and Rowan as a team and now tag team champs. Shane is back out to discuss the Money in the Bank ladder match as he does Miz attack Shane again. This time, sands the chair he had on Monday. Shane is saved by the B-team, who is eventually put down by Miz, but Shane comes out and attacks with the steel chair. See, like I said, it comes back later. Uh, I found it pretty funny and hypocritical. Of course, he is a heel, so go figure that he's going to come out with a weapon after he'd ran away. But now this next part didn't happen. However, I think it would have been an opportune moment for them to further the feud between the McMahons and Reigns had he come out and just laid out Shane McMahon. That's how I would have booked it. But again, I'm not in charge of it. I'm just here to give you my opinions and hope that you guys enjoy them. If they find their way to the WWE, so be it. I doubt they will, but you never know. 
Next, we got Ember Moon and Carmella versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. This match was a good match. Kind of disappointed, though, uh, because due to the tweet from Carmella, I was expecting it to be Carmella and Bailey. I love Bailey. We've been over this. I love watching her compete. Her and her and Becky, they're just amazing talents. Uh, not that the other women aren't amazing. Don't get me wrong. Ember, especially with her, her eclipse move, that thing's just crazy. Uh, but I still was just excited about Carmella and Bailey. Uh, some good back and forth, but in the end, Rose and DeVille get the victory. They don't get long to celebrate, though, when Paige and Asuka and Zayn come out to tell them, hey, you guys did good, but we're going to be facing you guys next week. In a backstage segment, Sullivan continues his destruction of R-Truth and Matt Hardy. I don't have much to say about the segments because I don't feel like they're doing much for him. I feel like they, they got their point across already. It's time to move on and start putting him in matches. I mean, I know they want him to look strong. They've already done that. Let's get on. For the main event, though, we got AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Kofi Kingston. So it looks like Kofi will be defending against Against both of these competitors. I mean, like he said, he would defend against either of them. So, why not both of them? To take a brief moment, though, I know I'm more of a face fan, but I was really excited to see Zayn back in the ring performing instead of just cutting provos. This was a good showing for all three competitors, but in the end, even after some outside distraction from Kevin Owens, who, let's be honest, we all knew he hadn't left, Kofi wins with Trouble in Paradise. Now, there is one part in this match that I, I didn't go over just yet, but I wanted to point out to you guys, and I really think it, if you get a chance, you should go back and check it out. Um, AJ Styles has Zayn set up for a reverse DDT, and I believe at the time he had had Kofi set up for a front-facing DDT, but Kofi reverses it and locks up and does an SOS to to AJ who in turns delivers the DDT to Zayn at the same time it was it was pretty fun to watch again like I said in a previous podcast this is why I like triple threat matches it gives you a chance to innovate moves and gives more excitement to them uh th this again is just my opinion but that's what podcasts are for this week's show though were interesting to say the least with the introduction of the wild card rule now rumor has it this rule was a compromise between Vince and the networks, Fox and NBC Universal, who owns USA, to attempt to boost slumping ratings. We will see if it helps. I personally hope that it does, but I also hope that it doesn't become an excuse to bury lower talent who are already not getting enough time to display talent on a world stage as is. Vince is still strongly behind a split roster. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to come out and say that just because, again, it gives lower talent a chance to appear on the main main shows. But let's see where it goes. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. This has been the Last Man Standing of Wrestling Podcast. I've been your host, Kenny. We'll see you guys next week.